Well, good morning. It's still morning. That's awesome. So glad you guys are here uh, today. My name is Will. I'm part of our, our leadership team here at Elevate Church, and we're just so excited that you would, you would spend a, a portion of your morning here with us as we are, are diving into this, this new series. It's only gonna be two weeks. It's gonna be a little short, but it's gonna be pretty, pretty powerful called What on Earth Am I Here For? What on Earth Am I Here For? here for. And so over these next two weeks, we're really going to dive in into that, that question. And, and I think as we look at this question over this week and next week, we're going to be able to see some things, some things that I, I believe that just like that song that, that we just sang, that there's some promises out there from God that we're going to be able to see. We're going to be able to, to answer that with the promises that, that he's given us. And so if you're, you're new here today, I wanna welcome you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're checking out church with us as we learn together uh, in here. I wanna ask, before we go, go too deep, is how's your New Year's resolution coming? It's June, by the way. Some of you were like, yeah, I wanted to, to lose 15 pounds by today, Will, but there was a Krispy Kreme light on up the street and I just happened to go there uh, more times than I should, or the soup at Panera Bread with the bread bowl was a, more carbs than it should be, but it was tasty, and so I ordered a couple of them. Right, that's, amen, that's good. But the reason why I ask that is because, hey, we're almost halfway through the year. At the end of this month, it'll be halfway through, through the year. What are these New Year's resolutions for in the first place? They're, to, a lot of times we make them, not, maybe not necessarily just for, for our body's sake, but for our relationship's sake for our lives' sake, that we have like these goals. Sometimes they're lofty, sometimes they're, they're easy, like, hey, I just wanna go to bed at a good time every night. I, I wanna start eating some of the, the right things. I need to eat my greens and my whites, but I always go to the ice cream, and that's not the same color that we're looking for. We, we ask these questions, we set these New Year's resolutions for one simple purpose is to improve, to, to get better at something, to, to find more, more meaning in in our life, honestly, if we looked at the, the goal maybe that you set, maybe you have one, you're like, yeah, that's what I set, Will, that's what it was. I think if you look at the surface level, you'll see it, sure. But if you go a little bit deeper, you're gonna see a question that looks like this. What on earth am I here for? A lot of our, the questions that we ask are, are rooted at the beginning of the years. We're setting these things like, does my life matter? Am I important? Is what I'm doing making making a difference, what on earth am I here for? In, in 2014, uh, the research group uh, Barna did research on US adults and it showed that 75%, 75% of US adults said that they're looking for more meaning in their life, 75% looking for more meaning, asking the question, what on earth am I here for, but not getting an answer. They're asking, they're looking for more meaning, but they don't, have, they don't have an answer. And if you're a Christian, which I know is not every single person in this room, and that's awesome, I'm so glad you're here. If you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you just, hey, I just don't believe in him, but I like you guys, that's pretty cool. We honestly, we designed this, this experience with you in mind. We, we created this community so that you would be, feel welcome here, that you would feel not judged, that you would feel, feel loved. But you should know, whether you follow Jesus or not, uh, we've got a lot more in common than we don't. We've got a lot more in common than we don't. But, but Christians were asked this, this question, and, and here's what it was. 
of practicing Christians, which probably means I go to church on Christmas and Easter and maybe Mother's Day, say that they have a clear sense of God's calling in their life. 40%. 40% who, who call on the name of Jesus, they, they, they trust in, in God, but they don't even know the calling. And I think if we looked around, just even at this room or those of you in the lobby, you'd say, hey, hey, 40% of this room that I'm in right now doesn't even know God's call on my life. 40%. And maybe some of you are like, yep, I'm in the 60%. Some of you are in the 40%. I don't, I don't know where, where you fit, but we're gonna dive into this. So that way, after this week and next week, hey, you should be able to answer the question, what on earth am I here for? That's my goal. My goal today is to help guide us to, to get us started in the right direction so we can, we can walk out of here and say, cool, I know what I can do to begin to answer this question. What on earth am I here for? How do I find more, more meaning? We're gonna look in Proverbs uh, chapter 29. This is kind of the foundational uh, verse that we're gonna use over this week and next week. Uh, chapter 29, verse 18. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. So if we don't accept this divine guidance, what happens? We run wild. The King James Version says, where there's no vision, people perish. I love also, too, what it says in the the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, if people can't see what God is doing in their life, they stumble all over themselves. What does this look like to not have this vision where people perish? To to, to not know what God is doing in our lives where we stumble over, over ourselves, to not know and be able to accept this divine guidance where we run wild. It looks like people going from job to job to job to job to job, to relationship, to relationship, to to city, to city, to making a decision this month, but next month I'm just gonna contradict it just a little bit and make this other decision, then make this other decision and make this other decision. It's just going back and forth and back and forth, contradicting what it is. We're stumbling all over ourselves. Where there's no vision, people perish. Without this divine guidance, we run wild. So the goal over this next two weeks is to stop stumbling and to start, start pursuing what on earth we're actually here for. So today we're gonna dive into to the Bible. If you've got your Bible, um, we're gonna go to the book of Colossians. If you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, uh, you can get one today. It's our gift to you. It's at the hub in the lobby. As you leave, just, hey, I need a Bible, and they'll give you a Bible. If you wanna use your version app, go ahead. If you wanna look at the screen, that's awesome too, however you want to. But I wanna give you some context for those of you who are flipping to it is that this was written uh, from the Apostle Paul and Timothy. They wrote this letter to the church in a community of believers in Colossae where they actually didn't plant this church. They planted a lot of churches, but they didn't plant this one specifically. They helped out somebody who ultimately planted this, this church. And at this time, Paul was in prison. And when he was in prison, this guy came and, and was talking to them and he said, hey, hey, the church, the community, it's doing well. Like, hey, they know who Jesus is. And so they had, Paul and Timothy knew what was going on there, but, but the guy said, hey, things are going well overall, but there's some cultural pressure. There's some things that are going on in society that, that are starting to make them turn away from, from Christ. 
They're starting to turn away from what, what God was doing in and through them, from what they were believing on. And quite honestly, I chose this, this passage today because I think that's what a lot of the church as a whole, not just necessarily this church, but the church looks like is that we call ourselves Christians, we look and, and we say, hey, I know who Jesus is, but hey, when the, the cultural pressures of this world start to come in, we start to make some decisions, we start to, to stumble back on our, our original belief of, of who, who Jesus is. We, we start to see that, and so they wrote this letter really as an overall to encourage them, but also to steer them back on, on the right, right path. They remind them originally uh, with thanksgiving. It starts off the letter in thanksgiving of saying, hey, hey, thank you so much for what you've done so far. And so as you read the beginning of Colossians, you'll see this lengthy prayer, it's awesome. And then we're gonna pick it up in, in verse 15 where they change from the prayer and they start to say, hey, remember who Jesus is. I know you know who Jesus is, but remember all of these things. Let's look at it in Colossians chapter one, verse 15. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and, supreme, and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything and in heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning and supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. In verse 19, it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. What do we see here? We see a lot going on just in, in five verses. We see that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, that, that he is supreme over all creation, that through everything was created through him and for him, and God used Christ to reconcile this relationship, meaning to, to have a right relationship again with us through Christ's blood that was shed on the cross. What on earth am I here for? I think we can answer that by looking at just these, these verses we can see. In verse 16, it says, all things, meaning all things, not some things, all things have been created through him, through him meaning through Jesus, the Jesus who shed his blood on the cross so that we can have a right relationship with God so we can know who that is. And for him, meaning to glorify him, to, to serve him in that way. Simply put, if you were to break it down, our purpose, what on earth are we here for, is to know God and make God known. It's to know God and make God known. But Will, I came here because somebody said, this series is on what on earth am I here for, and, and that's a spiritual answer. And that's great, but I have other questions. It is the spiritual answer, but it's also the real answer. And I think your questions need to go a little bit deeper. We have big questions like, I wanna know if I should marry that girl or not. I wanna know if I should go to this university or, or that university. Should I, should I skip a year? Should I buy this house or not buy this house? Should I move to a different city or should I not move to a different city? What, what job should I, I take? That's the question I want the answer to. Give me that answer. 
What if today, as you leave church, as every good, every good person who goes to church on Sunday morning, this is what you do, you leave and you go to Cracker Barrel. Because on Sunday morning, you can't go to Chick-fil-A. If you came to church on Saturday night, you would go to Chick-fil-A, but the best thing to do, Cracker Barrel. You get the old timers breakfast, come on somebody, that's good, I don't care what age you are. Mmm, but get some of that today. But you get there, and you order your old timers breakfast, it's great. But a little note just happens, uh, you don't know where, how, where it came from, a little note slips across your table, and it's, it's, it's God saying, hey, hey, I, you've asked this question, you wanted to know what job to take. You wanna know if you should marry that girl? Yep, you should. Yeah, you should take that job. No, 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 don't, don't move to that city. Nope, hey, skip a year this year. Don't go to college. Let's get you on the right track with some things that are going on in your life. Let's make sure things are good before you, you go away to college. Whatever it is, you get these big questions, whatever big question you walked into this room or into this church with, you get that question answered. So you're like, yeah, crack a barrel, doing the right thing today. Come on, this is my new thing. I'm gonna go to Crackware and get my answers to life's biggest questions, but it's probably not gonna take you very long that you're gonna be back into that 75%. Not really knowing the full meaning of life because just because you know who to marry or who not to marry or what job to take or what job not to take or what city to go move into or what school to go to, that's not it. Our purpose, what on earth are we here for, is not tied up into a location. It's not tied up into a job. It's not tied up into whatever physical thing that we can have. That's not it. No, no, no. Our, our purpose is to know God and to make God known. That's it. That's it. You don't have to golf clap. You can get into it. It's cool. It's church. It's good. We are created on purpose and for a purpose. We need to know that. We need to be reminded of that, that today. It's to know God, to, to know who it is. Who, who reconciled us, this, Christ, this relationship through Christ on, on the cross, but also don't keep that to yourself. Make it known. That's why we're here today. We're not here to keep it to ourselves. We're here to make it known. But it starts with knowing who we need to make known. We can't make known somebody who we don't know. That's ridiculous. We have to know God, God first. Now, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna dive into that because two weeks ago, Pastor Colby, our lead pastor, preached a word on this called I'm gonna get mine. Who was here for I'm gonna get mine two weeks ago? Okay, none of y'all were excited about it. You need to go back and listen to that message. That thing was on fire. Talking about knowing God and finding freedom. Know God and find freedom. Can I just say, I'm so thankful. Which by the way, when somebody who has a microphone says, can I just say, it doesn't really matter what you say back because they're probably gonna say it anyways. But can I just say, we are so, I'm like, I'm so thankful for Pastor Colby and Kirsten that, that they were, not, not that, they, that they are such great people. Yeah, I am, but I'm just so thankful that they stepped out on faith, that this, this God-sized dream, this God-sized vision in their heart some eight, nine years ago to plant this church, and then ultimately seven years ago to plant this church. Thank God for them, that they were obedient to what God has put on their life. Come on, can we give them some shout out? They don't hear it enough. They don't hear it enough on the weekend. Thank God, Pastor Colby and Kristen, that you will be obedient to what God has called you to do, and it's forever changed my life, and I know so many people in, in this room, but what on earth am I here for? I'm not gonna talk about too much about knowing God and finding freedom. We've already talked about that. You can listen to it on a podcast. You can go back and watch it online. We're gonna talk today about something like some, some next steps from that. 
because discovering our purpose is so vital. It's so vital to what we do. Today is so vital to what we do as we, we go on this journey that, hey, when we turn 80, we turn 90, we don't wanna be asking the question and saying, hey, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. I wish I had more time. I wish that, that this, no, 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 we wanna, we wanna get it right today. And if you're 80 today, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get it right today too. Today's message, the title of today's message is Discover Purpose. We're keeping it real simple. Discover purpose. It's not enough that we just know God. It's not enough that we, we find freedom. That's important, yes, but we know what we gotta do. We also have to discover a purpose because then we can start to operate in the freedom that we have from God. We can start to operate in what God has given us. And so this letter that was written to uh, the, the community of believers in Colossae, they, they reminded them of, of all the things that God has done for them. They were thankful for them. They were, they were setting their eyes. They were saying, Paul and Timothy were saying, hey, don't set your eyes anymore of the things of this world, but start putting it out to things that, that matter. And so in, in chapter three, we're gonna look at in verse 17, they wrap up this thought and they say, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's dissect this a little bit. Can we dissect this chemistry class? Let's dissect this. Um, what is it? Whatever you do. Meaning, whatever you do. Pretty broad statement there. Gotcha, Paul. Cool. Whether in word or deed, meaning by speaking or by acting, whether in word or deed, whatever it is. Still pretty big and broad statement here, right? Do it all. Gotcha. I'm supposed to do it all. Okay, cool. Here it is. In the name of the Lord, Jesus. Whatever you do has gotta be done in the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus, meaning, hey, hey, if you're really good at embezzling money, you can't do that in the name of the Lord, Jesus. If you're really good at cutting corners, clocking out at 4.45, you're supposed to stay there till five, but you put on your time card that you were there until 5.15, you can't do that in the name of the Lord, Jesus. But can you open up a coffee shop and run a, a coffee shop in the name of the Lord, Jesus? Can you, can you run a Fortune 500 company? Can you, can you work in HR? Can you... Can you work at a grocery store in the name of the Lord Jesus? Yup. Yup. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Now, we're gonna dive into to how, this mindset of how, but really what this is, is it's really not what you do. It's why you do it and who you do it for. It's this shift of not what I do, but why and who I do. I do it. Look, the pastor A.W. Tozer said it this way. I love it. It says, it's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. The motive is everything. Let a man sanctify the Lord God in his heart and he can thereafter do no common act. It's not what you do. It's why you do it and who you do it for. It's the motive behind the action that, that you're taking. How does this happen? How do we do this? Well, how do we create, create this, this shift? Today's the starting point for that, but next week we're gonna really go, go into it. But I'm just, what I wanna let you know is that we're not 
asking you to put some ichthus fish on your shirt. We don't need that. We don't need some Lord's gems on your belts. We don't need that. We don't need a cross on the bottom of your shoe so that way in the snow, you're walking, you're just leaving footprints of Jesus around. Like we don't, I'm not saying do that. What I'm saying is, is that, hey, if you were at work this past week and you got a, a call over the loudspeaker and it was like, attention everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have a pastor come in this Thursday, two o'clock, so that way we can do our business in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Anybody get that call this week? Just so you know, because no one looked around, I watched, no one raised their hand. But who got a call saying that you had a meeting at two, two, Thursday at two o'clock? And, and the pastor doesn't necessarily need to come in so you can do it in the name of the Lord. No, 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 you're already there. <laughs> the light's already there. A pastor doesn't need to come in, come in and do that. The light is already where it needs to be. We just gotta start to operate that, that way. And so that's where we're gonna start to move into that. Good, I like that clap, that's good. It's whatever we do as we discover discover our, our purpose. Now, it would be wrong for me to give you a, a few points and have you be like, yeah, that's good, well, come on, preach it, white boy, that's good. But not give you anything that's gonna cause a little strife. It's not gonna give you anything that's gonna cause some, some friction. And so as we're shifting this mindset, some things are gonna have to change. I wanna look at some enemies of our purpose, but before we do that, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse two, is kind of shifting our mind. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's changing the way you think from what to why to who. Changing the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Is it gonna be hard? Yep. But as we discover our purpose, as we start to, to figure out what this is, we're gonna start being able to answer this question, what on earth am I, am I here for? So let's look at some enemies. There's some enemies within our purpose that I'm gonna give you. Now, I'm gonna give you three. There's more enemies than this. These are the three, honestly, that I deal with the most, and so I'm just gonna give you what I got. The first one is, is confusion. It's confusion. It's not knowing who we are designed to be. It's not knowing what God has already put in inside of us. These, these gifts, these, these talents, these abilities that God has already given us. We don't need to be buying the next shoe to make us faster or whatever it is. Like we, God's already given us these things. It's not knowing what, we, what we've got already. We talk a lot about this in Crash Course. I'm not gonna go deep into the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts, but in Crash Course, this four-week journey that we, we dive into to things like this, and, and week three is specifically designed for us to say, okay, cool, hey, now that you know God, and now that you know where you can find some community, let's look at you. Let's see what, what, what God has put inside of you already. And so we look at a spiritual gifts test. We, we, we take that, we, we do a personality test, and it's great, it's a good foundation. Maybe some of you have already done that. You've done those personality tests, you've done a spiritual gifts test. It's a great foundation, but just don't take it as is. Don't take it as is, because you are more unique than a standardized test result. You are more unique than, than what it is. That's a good foundation, yep. 
but you're more unique. But we gotta know who we are so we can start doing what we've been called, called to do. Let's see what God has already put, put in us. Confusion is an enemy of, of purpose. Another one is comparison. Comparison's a, an enemy of purpose. Now, this is difficult because as we are looking at all these other people, if we start comparing our purpose with their purpose, what happens? We miss our purpose. We miss it. If we're confusing our calling with somebody else's calling, then we're gonna miss our calling all, all together. And this is pretty real for me. A little over, almost a year ago now, coming up uh, August 1st of last year, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of all social media. No more Facebook, no more Instagram, no more whatever chats and things like that. Just gonna get rid of it. Why? Because I'd be here on a weekend and it would be awesome and PC's preaching a word. I'm like fired up and we do baptisms and we see 50 some people go public with their faith and I'm pumped up and I'm fired up and then I get on Instagram later on and I see a campus pastor or an executive pastor a couple hundred miles away, friends that I am with, and I see that, hey, they baptized 150 people gave their life to Christ and all these other things happen and what happens? I completely confuse and miss everything that God did in and through us here because I start to compare that with what's going on down the road. If we start comparing ourselves with somebody else's calling, hey, it can look great and fine, but God's called you for your own unique purpose, for your own unique, unique calling. So we can't stop, stop comparison. We have to stop doing that because every single time, hear me out, every single time we compare ourselves with somebody else, we leave ourselves with discouragement. Every single time. Comparison is an enemy of our purpose. Another one that, that we can battle is being comfortable. It's being, it's being comfortable, saying, hey, God, like, thank you for putting me into this path. Thank you for putting me as, I'm a nurse, and I love it, and that's me, and that's what I wanna do, but you know what? I'm good. Like, I don't really wanna grow anymore. I'm good here. I'm okay with being, being comfortable. We can't, we can't do that. God's got more for our lives. He's got more for you than just teaching those kids on a Tuesday. That's awesome, but he can do so much more in and through you on that Tuesday than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. We can't be comfortable. It's an enemy of our purpose. We can't, we can't keep thinking like, hey, our, our calling today is gonna be the same calling six months from now or a year from now or 20 years from now. We can't get stuck there. We can't get stuck in being comfortable with what, with what is going on. It's easy. It's easy to be where we are and not be moving forward with what God has called us, us to do. We were created for more. You need to know that we were created for more, that God's got more for your life. He's got more for you. God has more for you. His plans were made before you were born, before you were even created. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. He didn't create you and say, what am I gonna do with you? He created the purpose and then created you to fulfill that purpose. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. I love this in, in Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, for you created my inmost being. Meaning, hey, hey, the passions that are in my heart, the desires that are in my heart, like for me, personally, it's, it's to lead people, it's to help people take their next step in their faith journey, it's to, to be a vessel, to be a light to them, to, to show them, that, hey, there's hope for more. Those passions that I have, God did that. God put those in there. It wasn't me. God put those, God put those in there, those, those desires. Some of us, we've, we've gotten away from that. 
God can redeem us back to where we need to go and redirect us as well. But you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. In verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This isn't David being arrogant. This is David being confident. Confident in being a child of God, knowing like, hey, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that you've created me on purpose and for a purpose. I'm a child of God. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. And in verse 16, let's jump ahead. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be right there. That's how unique and special you are. Not, not some of your days, not the good days, not the hard days, not the mediocre days, all the days were created for us. They were ordained for us before one of them came to be. That's how special you are. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. Hear me out, if you're dissatisfied with things that are going on in your life, if you're dissatisfied with what you're doing, it may be because you're doing something, you're pursuing something that you aren't made for. You might be pursuing something that you aren't, aren't made for, but you're, you need to know you are made for, for something. And so how do we discover that? How do we start looking into discovering our, our purpose? We're gonna look at this in a, a form of some questions. Now, I don't want you just to write these questions down. I don't want you just to take a picture of, of the screen and be like, yep, I came to church today. Here's some good questions, Will. That's awesome. I need you to, if you wanna discover your purpose, I need you to actually ask yourself. It's the only person who can answer them. Not the person sitting next to you, not mom or dad. It's just, it's just you. It's just you. The very first question is, what wakes you up and keeps you up? What wakes you up and keeps you up? Meaning, hey, what are you motivated by? What, what is that one thing that, hey, when it's on the calendar, I can't wait to get up. You just get so pumped up, like before the alarm comes off, boom, there goes the sheets, you're out, you're ready to go. What wakes you up? What are you motivated by? But also, what's keeping you up? What, what keeps you up when you're laying in bed at night and you're thinking like, man, I just, I was at a serve day and I saw the guy, he didn't have, any, didn't have a home, he didn't have anything and it just that keeps me up. I'm so motivated to help those people in our city to reach the lost at any cost. Like what wakes you up and keeps you up? I think this can be the hardest thing is where in small groups and in summer squads coming up in just a few weeks, you guys might have some reservations about, about being a part of one. Because every time, never fails when you're part of a small group. There's always the passion guy, right? What are you passionate about? And you're like, dang it, why'd you have to ask that question? Because now it's starting, now the conversation started, right? Because everybody's gotta give an answer. And so the, the first guy answers, and it's like, man, I just can't wait. I'm gonna be a pastor. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so great. Another guy, another person comes up, yep. Can't wait, I'm gonna be a missionary in the Philippines. Another person, I'm gonna go preach the Muslim out of people in India. It's gonna be awesome. And you're thinking to yourself, where do these people come from? 
I would never, I've never even thought about going to India for vacation, let alone to go do that. I've never even wanted to go to the Philippines. I've never wanted to start a homeless shelter like, what? And it keeps going around, and the only thing that you can keep thinking of when you, when you first heard that question was, the only thing I've ever dreamt about was, was being a journalist. I've just wanted to always be a journalist and write for the, the Wall Street Journal. That's the only thing I've ever dreamt about. It's what wakes me up and keeps me up. And it comes around, around the table, and it finally gets to you, and your heart's palpitating because you're like, man, I don't really want to answer, but I'm going to have to answer. And it comes to you, and next thing you know, you're just like, you take one of those, those big swallows, you know, you're like, still praying about it. Pray for me, waiting for God to, to lead me in that, in that way. Hey, can I just say, if it wakes you up and keeps you up to be a journalist, go ahead and be a journalist. Do it all in the name of the Lord. I think we need just as many passionate journalists as we do at the Wall Street Journal that we do missionaries in the Philippines. If it wakes you up and keeps you up, go for it. Do it all in the name of the Lord. What wakes you up? What are you motivated by? And as you're, you're looking at that, you maybe you say, well, hey, this is what I'm motivated by, Will. This is, this is what, what it is. The next question you need to ask is, well, what do I do well? What do I do well? Not what are you perfect at? Not what have you spent the most time doing? What do you do well? Like maybe you're a good cook, and every time you get a steak, you start cooking that steak, and you're getting creative, and it's like Chef Boyardee in that place, and you're just magical, and you're just whipping this thing up, and it is so good every single time you do it. Maybe you're writing, and you just keep getting better. You keep getting better. Whatever it is, what do you do, do well? What natural abilities do you possess? The psalmist David, he says this again, he says, you've given me the desires of my heart. Not God, you've given me everything I've ever asked for. You're not, not God, you've given me everything I've wanted. No, 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 it's saying, hey God, you've given me the want. You've given me the want and I, and I do it well. I love it, but you, you can't stop there. You can't ask that question and be like, yep, cool. This is what wakes me up, this is what keeps me up, and this is what I do well. Nope, you have to ask this question to be really real with yourself and say, what do others say I do well? What are other people saying, hey, you're just really good at that? Now, I don't mean, and my mom is here, so I'm sorry, mom, but I don't mean for mom who says you're a really good singer. <laughs> or, oh, honey, you're just so good at that. Just because your mom says it doesn't mean it's true. I hate to break it to your kids, but that's not accurate. Not always. Because if my mom told me I can sing, I promise you I can't sing. You don't want to hear me sing. That's why they give me a microphone to talk, not to sing. That's it. But if Dave Perkins, who was just up here singing, if he says, "Woo, you can sing, or man, you can play the keys like a boss, there's some fruit on the tree. Why? Because Dave can sing. Dave can play the keys. See, not what the person is saying, but also what's that person got behind them? Are they a good leader as well? Are they a pretty good chef as well? What, what are other people saying that you, you do well? And maybe it's someone in your small group, like, man, you're just so good with those kids, teaching them. You're just so good back there in that area. You just have a heart for those students. It's awesome. Like, you do that so well. Like, what are those people saying that, that you do 
well. Here's the last question. And this is a bold question for you. That I think if you ask the first three, you're gonna get a good answer. But if you ask this last one to yourself and you're being real, you're gonna get the real answer. It's what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Now, what would you go and just toe the line? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? We see so many examples of this in, in the Bible. I'm just gonna give you two. One is Abraham. Abraham was, was called by God to sacrifice his son, his son Isaac, and right away he just went out and did it. Traveled for three days, it must have been hard knowing that he was gonna sacrifice his son on a mountain. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. But he was so willing to do it. Why? Because he knew that no matter what happens, he couldn't fail. Because God was on his side. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Moses, he kept going back to Pharaoh and back to Pharaoh and back to Pharaoh. Why? Because he knew he couldn't fail. He knew eventually, hey, Pharaoh was gonna have to let his people go and it didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter if it hurt or not. What matters is that God was on his side. He could not fail. What would you do if you couldn't fail? Maybe you wanna ask this question and say, how am I holding myself back? How am I holding myself back? Maybe for you, you're, you're just like, you know what? I, I know they tell me in my group, man, you're so good with those kids, but I'm 35 years old. I don't, I can't quit my job and go start a daycare. I, I, I went to school for, for 14 years. I can't, I can't stop being a doctor and, and go do that, go start that coffee shop. But, 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 and the thing is, is that you will never, never be able to, to fully live out your purpose if you started with a butt. I think we should do a series called How Big Is Your Butt? Because if you keep putting a butt there, you'll never be able to do something because you'll never step out and be able to do it. You won't even cross that threshold. You won't even cross the threshold. You'll just say, you know what? I'm good, I'm comfortable. And you'll fall back into that enemy of purpose. But what would you do if you knew you couldn't, couldn't fail? Maybe you're doing the thing you should be doing. Maybe you are, you're in your purpose and you're, you're grooving and it's great. But if you're being honest with yourself, you're going 80%. You're not going all in. You're, you're, you're barely even 80% maybe, but you're grooving. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. God didn't call us to go 80%. He calls us to go all in. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? How would you go all in if you knew you couldn't fail? Because that coworker, that employee of yours is not going to, to come to know who God is and truly believe who God is if they just look at you and say, well, why would I wanna know a God who makes you go 80%? I don't wanna come to the end of my life and say, I did good, I went 80%, look at me. No, no, they wanna know a God 
who force, not force somebody, who call someone to go 100%, to go all in, knowing that they can't, they can't fail. They wanna know somebody who has someone do, do that. How would you go all in if you knew you couldn't fail? Maybe for you that looks like sacrificing amazing opportunity, but it's gonna keep you away from your family. Maybe it's that opportunity that's gonna have you go to a much warmer place than Erie, which is a lot of places. But, but what would you do if you could stay here and know you couldn't, you couldn't fail? Maybe it's sacrificing this amazing, this amazing job that was gonna provide you with all this money or this amazing opportunity with all this, this money so you could live out your purpose knowing that, hey, no matter what you do, you cannot fail. What would you do knowing you can't fail? Would you do whatever it takes? What wakes you up? What, what keeps you up? What do you do well? What are other people saying? But how would you just take that step to know you can't fail? Maybe you need to be reminded, just like the, the community in Colossae, about this Jesus that they've come to know. Maybe you need to be reminded that, that through all things we can do Christ who, who strengthens us, that it is God. If God is for us, then who can be against us, that with God on our side, that we can win. He can defeat our enemies, that God says, I'm gonna be with you and I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. These are the promises I have for you and they can't fail. You just gotta take a step. Maybe you need to be reminded of that, that you were created on purpose and for a purpose, that you were created by God in the image of God as a child of God. Maybe you need to be reminded that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you have, you are loved, that there's this unfailing love for you. Maybe you need to be reminded of that. Let's close our eyes and just receive that today, that you were created on purpose and for a purpose, that you are loved, that you were created in the image of God and that he created you on purpose and for a purpose. He created me on purpose and for a purpose. Just declare that he created me on purpose and for a purpose. He created me on purpose and for a purpose. I am loved. I'm a child of God. God, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this unique purpose that you have you've put into our lives. I pray right now, the Holy Spirit, that you would just move, that you would move into this place, God, and as we leave, Holy Spirit, would you just move and guide us in the way that we should go, guide us, give us confidence, knowing that we can go, we can step out onto the waters, knowing that we cannot fail if you are on our, our side. Thank you for creating us on purpose and for a purpose. In this moment, as we continue to pray with every head bows and every eyes closed, I know there are some of you in this room that as I started this message, you said, God, it will, but I've never done that first thing you said. I've never decided to accept God and to begin to, to know God, to accept God in this, how he reconciled this relationship with me with his son Jesus, who shed his blood on the cross for
before me. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus into your life. You've never stepped foot into that right relationship with God. And this entire time you've realized, hey, I've been trying to discover my purpose, but I can't discover the purpose that I was created for if I don't know who created me. Well, I wanna enter into that relationship, entering into this relationship that the Bible tells us that, that Jesus is the only way to the Father, and that only through him can we, can we have this right relationship with, with God, and that if we confess it with our mouths, that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that we can receive, not earn, but we can receive the free gift of salvation, believing that Jesus died for us, so that we don't have to pay for our, our sins. If you've never prayed a prayer, like that, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior, I wanna lead you, I wanna give you some language here in just a moment so, so you can enter into that kingdom. But I wanna know who I'm praying with. I wanna say, I wanna know, hey, that's me. I wanna enter into that relationship. Well, when you pray that prayer, count me in. I wanna begin to know God so I can make him known. If that's you, would you just boldly in this moment lift, lift up your hands? saying, God, I wanna enter into this relationship with you. Praise God for you, hands across this room. Hands across this room, people saying, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. I wanna enter into your, your kingdom. You can put your hands down. You can say something as simple as this. You can whisper it in your heart. You can say it out loud, it doesn't matter, because God can hear you, God knows you. Say something as simple as this, God, I know that you love me, and I know that I have sinned, and I am sorry. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you live this perfect and sinless life for me. That you shed your blood on the cross for me. And that you died, but you rose again for me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. And today I turn away from my sins and I turn and choose to follow you for the rest of the days of my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, I give my life to you. In your name, amen. Amen. Church, come on, can we celebrate with those people this morning who are entering into that holy kingdom? Praise God for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there will be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey. If you want to commit to fueling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.